All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. It's Friday. It's January 27th. I am Doug Norrie, your host and the owner of DFSR.com. If you need FanDuel and DraftKings projections, head on over to DFSR.com. Free seven-day trial. Get you started. Optimal lineups, FanDuel and DraftKings. Got you covered for the NFL championship weekend coming up here through the Super Bowl as well. MLB right around the corner. NHL running every night. You're not going to find a better deal in the DFS or fantasy industry, then DFSR.com. There's a reason we're one of the longest-running outfits out there. Not going to change anytime soon. DFSR.com will get you started free for seven days, just $29.95 a month after that. Again, no better deal. All these other sites, they section it off by site or sport or all this other stuff. Forget about it. Keeping it all under one umbrella live member chat as well, DFSR.com. Looking at Friday NBA action, the first thing that stands out to you about Friday is that like no one in the NBA when the season started could ever f- seem like they knew what they wanted to do with consistency around the schedule. Usually Friday nights are pretty big in the NBA, uh, only five games on this one. Now, I really shouldn't complain because I spent the first part of the season complaining about how there'd be no games on Thursday, like three games on Thursday and then 678 games on Friday. Uh, or Wednesday before it. So I guess I really shouldn't complain. Although I did, when I was starting to look at this slate, I did have to sort of rub my eyes a little bit and say, did I get the scheduling correct here? Because there's only five games going on Friday. But all things considered, I think we'd kind of like it. It's just funny how it's been. It was consistently bad for so long, and now it's getting out of that style. And I maybe got used to everyone playing on Friday and (laughs) nobody playing on Thursday. But uh If these are the things you complain about in the world, then you probably have a pretty darn good life. Okay, a few things that we want to run through on this five-game slate. Not tons of injury news to keep uh, up with, at least right now, Friday morning. Like, you know, these things tend to always change as the day goes on, obviously. But as it stands right now, there isn't an overwhelming amount of questionable stuff hanging out there. I do think probably things start and stop with Giannis on this slate. Um, the Bucks are without so Buck. I mean, obviously Giannis is expensive, so he's in the eleven thousand range for uh, both sites. But the Bucks are just bringing Chris Middleton back into the mix. He's been playing fifteen minutes of not very good basketball. Bobby Portis is going to be out for a while now. The Milwaukee's looking like kind. Of, Serge Ibaka wants to trade. Not like that really matters, um, but. All of a sudden, Milwaukee is looking like a little bit thin around just who their talent is. If, like I said, if Middleton is not, he's not back in the starting lineup yet. And I mean, I guess it looked a little better last game, but this is a team that now is, I mean, they were already super concentrated around Giannis, but now with like no Portis, Middleton not being not anywhere close to ramping up to like 30 minutes. It doesn't seem like right now. It does seem like they're going to need even more Giannis. And that's saying something for a dude that kind of does everything anyway. He was a chalk play last game. It was a total disaster on the turnover front. He had nine turnovers. He had like six turnovers in the first half or something like that. He still ends up getting close to getting there on his price. 33 points, 14 rebounds, four assists, three steals in just 31 minutes. Foul trouble and turnover stuff did do him in, but like this is like one of the best fantasy guys we've ever seen in our life. So even with limited minutes and 31 is definitely limited for him, 
he can still get there. I think you pretty much start with him and figure the rest of it out around him. This is you know, sometimes easier said than done on the price, even at over 11,000 um, on DraftKings. You are going to have to take a hit at some spots with, with value plays, possibly, although there are some interesting guys over there. But look, Milwaukee has a 238 and a half. This game has a 238 and a half over under. Milwaukee's eight point road favorites. The Pacers play a super fast pace uh, on the season. They, I think they rank third overall in pace. Um, so, yep, they're tied for third with the Lakers in terms of pace. And then on the season, they're a 25th ranked defense. Like, this is a pretty easy spot. Not really all that much to think about with him. So, I think you're starting with him. And you're basically figuring the rest out. I think you can also stack him with Drew Holiday. I think a lot of the same ideas around how the Bucks are struggling around health right now do apply to Holiday as well. He took 20 shots, led the team uh, in usage last game. The minutes you know are going to be high. Milwaukee, I, look, they're not going to like go for it all in the regular season, but we have seen them you know, dial it up for the regular season minutes. So I think you feel pretty good about Holiday. You like him obviously a lot more if Giannis is out of the lineup, but I think too many people probably keep that in their head around, oh, Giannis on Giannis off when it comes to Holiday. And I do think there's value for him, even if the Bucks, like even in this current state of the Bucks, because I just think they have other problems. 8,000 range on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, I think it's still probably fine because the matchup is one of the better ones on the slate. In terms of like other guys, like, do you believe Pat Connington's 38 minutes from last game, 19 points, 12 rebounds? This has not been a spot that they've wanted to do with Connington in the past. Like even starting sometimes, he can be a really frustrating play because the minutes kind of trend around 30. The usage can be kind of low. He can kind of be a do nothing <laughs> in terms of some of the other stuff. But I, I will say if he's if 35 minutes for Pat Connington is going to be the new reality then 4,100 on DraftKings is an absolute smash spot. And uh, the price on FanDuel is a little is a little higher, so I don't think you're getting away with as much. Let me just look at that price real quick. Uh, Connington, oh, this is not great because I just thought I had it in front of me. Yeah, four, uh, it's 5,300 on FanDuel. Not as great of an idea there probably, but 4,100 on DraftKings. I mean, even at 32 minutes or something like that, you're feeling pretty darn good about Pat Connington. So I think overall, the Bucks are the – Probably the place to start just because the matchup's so good. I think sometimes people can talk themselves out of these other guys when Giannis is around because he commands so much from a fantasy perspective from the points, assists, rebounds standpoint. But no Portis, Middleton sort of looking corpsey, and this is a team that still just needs to get minutes from somewhere, usage from somewhere, stats from somewhere. And if they're going to concentrate those minutes around guys like Connington and Holiday, I think you can feel uh, you can feel pretty pretty good about it. Other injury pieces that we need to keep an eye on: Donovan Mitchell sat out on Thursday evening with a groin injury. Darius Garland is a lock and load play when Mitchell sits. Karis Levert is the same as well. We're not sure his status as of right now. That him sitting on Thursday could have been a preemptive move just because they knew they were on the front end of the back to back in the Cavs. That is hard to know at this point. I mean, Mitchell, I think, clearly is dealing with something. It's just hard to know the severity of it when you factor in that they are on the back-to-back the -back here. So Garland, without Mitchell, I think you easily run this. I, I don't think you have to think too much about it. You've taken strong looks at his overs and points and assists also uh, when they're running against OKC. 
I actually think there's like a world where you can think about him even if like at 8,500, even if Mitchell is back, it's not, it doesn't make it feel as good, obviously. Um, and I think we'll have the news prior to lineup lock where the Milwaukee and Indiana go off at seven, uh, Memphis and Minnesota at seven 30, and then Cleveland OKC goes off at eight. I think you can feel okay having him in there where he's not going to just totally submarine you. Obviously the overs on some of those stuff, if you have to put it in early, get a little tricky because it's not going to look as good with Mitchell back in the lineup. OKC plays a really fast pace. They have been really good on defense this year, 10th overall in defensive efficiency. So while the matchup is a pace up matchup, um, they do make up for some of that on the defensive end. But I think with Garland, I think I'd feel okay ish around playing him here. Even if Mitchell is back, although um, there's probably a world where we can just pivot into something else. Karis Levert is like the either Mitchell plays or Mitchell doesn't play. Um, and that's with, with that's where we're considering or not considering Karis Levert. The, uh, the, um, Performance by him on Thursday against the Rockets was really underwhelming. 32 minutes. He takes 10 shots, which ends up being tied for third most on the team because because Evan Mobley, who we'll get uh, to in a second here. Levert at 32 minutes, 10 shots, 12 points is uh, pretty much a disaster. He was a popular play. You would expect a lot more from him if Mobley is going to work his way into like a secondary scoring option without Mitchell. That probably does end up cutting into Levert. They are getting a little stronger on the bench here, um, although we'll have to see about the status of Ricky Rubio. So Levert is definitely bi totally binary. Uh, Mitchell doesn't play. I think we feel pretty good about playing him. Mitchell plays back to the bench, and uh, I think we're not really thinking about him uh, anymore. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, these guys um, are still just coming way too cheap on DraftKings. Uh, this is uh, a little bit ridiculous, especially with Allen at 6,000. Mobley was a complete and utter chalk play on both sites last night. He's still sitting under 7,000 uh, on DK. He's 7,300 on DraftKings. Sorry, on FanDuel. This is a pretty not that difficult to call. I actually think with him, unlike, say, Levert, but maybe a little bit more like Darius Garland, you feel pretty good about these prices, especially at DraftKings, even if Mitchell is back in the mix. I don't think he's pulling 17 shots back out, but we have seen the usage at him for him tick up at times here. He had 17 shots yesterday, obviously no Mitchell. 11 shots the game before finishes with 12 and 7 against the Knicks. 27 shots against the Bucks, where he goes for 38 and 9 in a complete slate breaker uh, back last Saturday. And then did get 12 and 15 shots in the previous two games for 17 uh, and 18 points and threw in 15 rebounds. He can spike the rebounds. The floor enough is high enough in like that eight or nine range to keep you not really worried about getting buzzed off of his price. He's definitely coming around in terms of the scoring. I am on Mitchell no matter what the status of uh, – I'm on Mobley no matter what the status of Donovan Mitchell is here. I think this is – the price is just just right. You're not going to get completely crushed on it. There's too many scenarios where it goes really well for him. OKC, while good on defense, really lacks much in the way of an interior presence. We know the Thunder are just an absolute revolving door of who they want to start at center. Sometimes it's Mike Muscala. Sometimes it's Kenrich Williams. Sometimes it's Jalen Williams. They just I mean, Even the Darius Baisley's gotten a spot start here and there. None of them are centers. None of them are really any good. And this is a place where the, you can attack the opposing team. That goes for Jared Allen, too. 6,000 on DraftKings. Don't really think you're thinking that hard about that one, right? Like 6,000, even with the usage low, 
making it up on blocks and rebounds uh, is something that's pretty easy at that price. So I don't think uh, we're worried too much about that. All right. So a lot to think about with the Cavs. That's definitely the injury piece we're going to want to keep an eye on. Like I said, I don't think you have to maybe think too hard on some of these guys, even if Mitchell were to return. I think you're really probably definitely taking that Cleveland minus one. If you see it at minus one now, I think you're feeling okay about that. Excuse me, it's plus one right now with Cleveland uh, with OKC minus one. That would definitely shift if Mitchell were to be confirmed back in the lineup. I actually think you can take the plus one now for Cleveland and feel okay about it. Um, Our system has Cleveland just outright winning this game, even with home field or home court advantage, home field stuck on the NBA here or NFL, Uh, even with home court advantage kind of baked in, I think with OKC, uh, I don't want to, th- and they're not overrated, but like them being minus one favorites here against Cleveland wouldn't for sure would not be the case if, uh, if Mitchell was back in the lineup. Um, and we'll have to just keep an eye on like sort of what happens, uh, what happens with that going forward. Uh, no Lou Dort for the Thunder tonight. That definitely hurts them on the defensive end as well. So I think there's a lot of reasons to kind of think about not running, uh, or excuse me, betting against the Thunder in this game. Lose the best point of attack defender. Uh, Cleveland could get healthier here. Take that Cleveland plus one right now while you can get it, and we'll sort out some of the injury news uh, a little bit later. All right, Pacers, TJ McConnell. Andrew Nemhart is questionable to return here. I'm really fascinated to know what the Pacers plan on doing uh, without Tyrese Halliburton in the lineup. Halliburton is not is still probably a game or two away from returning. We know that TJ McConnell has been an absolute point God for the Pacers over the last three games, 33 minutes, 41 minutes, 39 minutes. He's averaging 19 points and 10 rebounds, excuse me, 10 assists. And he's got some, he spiked the 10 rebound game in there as well. I'd be fascinated to see what the Pacers want to do here. On the one hand, Nemard had the starting job and then it was McConnell that moved in here. On the other hand, McConnell, from a fantasy perspective, has been really good. The team is, you know, two and one over the three games that he started. They had lost four in a row before uh, before that. Oh, no, sorry. They hadn't lost four in a row. They lost six in a row prior to that. We will have this news ahead of lineup lock, which is good because we're just not going to have to worry too much about it. Obviously, if TJ McConnell moved back into the uh, into the bench, then we don't have to think about it really at all. If he stays in the starting lineup, he should be an 8K player, and he's 6,500 on DraftKings. Luckily, this is the 7 p.m. game. We'll have the injury news. We'll have the starting lineup news well in advance of having to make any real decisions. But I'm just interested on a high level to see how the Pacers choose to attack this situation because um, there's definitely a world where they could keep him in the starting lineup, but there's definitely a world where he can move back and just be a bench player like he's been for basically his whole entire career. So we'll keep an eye on that one as we get into, as we get closer to lineup lock. Final thing to just think about in this five game slate for Friday is the Memphis bigs and what they're going to do at starting center without Steven Adams. Adams is on the shelf here for, I think a month. So they are going to be needing to spot start a center. It, why, the reason I'm bringing it up as a question is because they've had two games without uh, Stephen Adams so far, and they've chosen to go two different directions in terms of starters. Last game, it was Brandon Clark who played, who got the start against the uh, Warriors. 
He played 32 minutes, played, got one for 19 points uh, and eight rebounds. We know this guy can be an absolute permanent beast from a fantasy perspective. So I think that from that standpoint, you're like, okay, Brandon Clark's a pretty easy play. The problem is the game before that, when they played against Sacramento, they went with Xavier Tillman at center. He played uh, 29 minutes, I believe. No, he played 30 minutes. He went for 10, rebound, 10 points and six rebounds. And Brandon Clark played 13 minutes. So we are in a little bit of a weird spot here. Memphis plays the 730 game. I think we'll know. They're going against Minnesota, who looks like they're going to have Rudy Gobert in. Maybe you think that because they have Gobert and a bigger presence, they want to go with Tillman, whereas against the Warriors, who are playing Draymond at the five, it was easier to go Brandon Clark. I don't want to guess too much at this. Most times, good teams will just choose their starting five and let the other squad kind of figure out what they want to do. Memphis has already shown that they don't necessarily want to do that. And so I do wonder what they end up doing now that game before with Tillman, they got completely smoked by the Kings and lost by 33 with Clark. They lost to the, to the warriors. Although that was a two point game in, in a really close finish after Curry got ejected. My guess is if I had to just gun to my head and please don't put any guns to anybody's head, I think they go with Clark again here and press the issue with going small and see what that happens with Gobert. But I've been wrong about this stuff in the past because I was wrong about this going into the Warriors game. So I think that from that standpoint, we'll just have to wait and see. I do think we'll probably know half hour after game time is when, uh, excuse me, a half hour after lock is when this game locks as well at 7.30. I hope that we know. It is risky though here because like we've seen an example where Clark just didn't play at all really. And that will kind of crush you. I think what I would do if I didn't have the news, I would start with Clark and feel okay about being able to pivot into Tillman because Tillman's cheaper. Right. So like probably in the end, you're not in the worst world of all time, because if you go like, let's say I'm Fandle, right. Brandon Clark is uh, 5,600 Xavier Tillman on, on uh, Fandle is I think only 5,100. Uh, no, 4,800, right? So you have the money to pivot in. Yeah, you'd be leaving money on the table, but you're at least have the starter in there. And I think you want to prioritize the starter here, right? So I think from that standpoint, if you start with Clark and go to Tillman, uh, you're not in the, you're not completely pot stuck 4,900 down to 3,800 on DraftKings. So you, and you have to make, there are some um, positional considerations there too, because Tillman's only a center on uh on fan on DraftKings and Clark is a power forward. So you'd have to maybe work things around, but you can do that. Like you got Giannis a power forward and put Clark in the uh, forward spot or something like that, or you are the utility spot. So I think there's a bunch of different ways that it can probably work out for you, but you are going to want to pay attention to that. Okay. So five game slate here on DraftKings and FanDuel. Got some bets to get in as well. You head to DFSR.com. You check out that free three seven-day trial. It used to be a three-day trial. Now it's a seven-day trial. Uh, you go check that out. You're not going to find a better deal in the business. You go check out the chat room, too. Once you sign up, you'll have access to members-only chat. That's going to get you. Uh, one of us is always going to be around there answering questions. we got a just community of chatters that are just basically you know collecting information all together at times, too, and throwing stuff out, asking questions, giving advice. Really, really nice spot to be leading into lock and when you're sweating games as well. So go to DFSR.com. Get started on that seven-day free trial, and you're all good to go. Give a follow over at, at Doug Nori at Twitter as well. We are going to be 
sweating out basketball here on a Friday evening. And we'll be back again talking more hoops next week. DFSR.com.